0: Hello, I'm Alberto Salvato. Welcome to Crime Time, a Virginia criminal law podcast. I'm here with Anna Dvorcek, Anthony Norse, and Ann Thayer. Enjoy the show.
1: So here it is, legal disclaimer, because we are lawyers and we've got to write one. So if you are listening to this podcast, Thank you. We sincerely hope you are listening to this podcast for its entertainment value and not with the intention of acquiring legal advice for any individual case or situation. I mean, come on, you wouldn't take advice from someone you have never met or spoken to directly, right? If you were bleeding profusely, you wouldn't listen to a podcast in hopes of a bandage somehow materializing over the Internet and onto your 3D printer. Seeking actual legal advice can be just as important as a tourniquet. The hosts of this podcast are in no way intending to create an attorney-client relationship with any listener. Sorry, we are sure you all are great people, but we cannot stress enough how little we know of you and your case, and rather than risk an awkward moment, let us just remember we have never met. Nothing on this platform should be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. We are just a group of friends with differing opinions and viewpoints, which we will try to explore through discussions of current events, law changes, and whatever else floats our fancy. In
2: this episode... Don't be a dip. Today we're going to talk about what happens when you go tailgating for one of your favorite teams, football season's coming up, or you're going to happy hour because everybody's kind of getting back to normal after COVID, or you're one of those college kids that just started that's going out and about to go drinking and hang out with your friends. A lot of stuff can go wrong when you decide to have a night on the town. So tonight we're going to talk about how not to get yourself into some trouble, aka don't be a dip.
0: Nice. First of all, we got a Talk about the ways that you can be charged with a dip because a lot of people have a misconception as to what the public is or how the police officers can satisfy that element uh, that's necessary to satisfy to find somebody guilty of a drunken public. Does anybody want to tackle that hot topic?
2: And how they can arrest you for a dip? Well, no, the definition other of than a, being of public, a dip?
0: <laughs> yeah, you could be a dip, but if you're a dip, if you're drunk in public, a lot of people have this problem with defining what public is. And, and I think go ahead.
3: that public is fairly broadly defined and Very can include defined. things such as inside a restaurant. I know there was some enforcement a few years back where officers would go into restaurants and bars and actually find people who were drunk inside the restaurant. And people thought that that was wrong, but that's technically public.
0: Sometimes what happens is the police officers will ask people to come out to talk to them outside of the restaurant or even outside of their home. And once they're out in public, then they could actually, they can, I'm not sure. They do arrest. So they'll arrest someone. I just happened like that. Mm-hmm. And also like you could be in public on your own private property. So if you're on a balcony, for instance, if you're on your porch and you're intoxicated and people can see you from around your property, that actually is considered public. I had a case like that where my client was having a barbecue in his backyard. It was actually a celebration for his granddaughter's uh, communion. They were celebrating this. And a few people were in the backyard. It was a party. And one of the neighbors called, gave up excessive noise. And next thing you know, the police arrived and they, they made several arrests and charged my particular client with a drunken public, even though he kept saying, I'm on my property, I'm on my property. And by the way, we ended up going to jury trial on that one. Which is kind of funny because a drunken public is just a class four misdemeanor, and the worst you can get is a two hundred fifty dollars fine. But anyhow, I'm going to toot my own horn and say we we won that jury trial. But the issue is, and what's pertinent to this discussion is the fact that
1: did you say you you won? Did you win on that particular issue that he wasn't really in public; but he was in his backyard? No, I won on the
0: issue that the jury probably felt bad that they tased my guy three times, <laughs> and they just flat out to a not guilty, plea, not guilty finding. I don't need to tell you what it was. But I mean, but, can
2: look. I ask why that case even went forward? If somebody was tased like that, haven't you? Why go forward on I the will, dip at that point? I will
0: tell you exactly why it went forward. You know what? This is a hypothetical client. So picture this there's a party in the backyard, like I explained, and somebody calls for a noise violation. The party happens to be in the middle of the day, uh, like at three o'clock. So it's nice. You know, it's daylight. A few people in the backyard, a lot of people, but it's mostly kids. And also some adults and their parents who are are there. Well, the officers come in and they go right by the DJ who's in the backyard and say, where's the owner of the house? They don't ask the DJ to lower music, nothing like that. Well, they point to, the DJ points to the owner of the house, which happens to be my hypothetical client. And things got bad because the officers asked for his driver's license or some identification. And he said something to the effect is, you know, why do you need my license? This is my property. And now four police officers surround this hypothetical client and they say, we need to have your ID. This hypothetical client looks around and he goes, four officers, four effing officers for a party. And as soon as he said that, he got tased and he went down. This hypothetical client went down and this other woman who was at the party got up and said... In Spanish, they kill them. They killed them. And as she approached these hypothetical police officers, they tased her as well. So it turned into this huge hoopla and hypothetical. And a news organization picked up the case. And what ended up happening was the news organization reported that the woman that was tased uh, was pregnant. And unfortunately, that wasn't the case. She just happened to be a little hefty. So. It became such an issue that this department tased what people thought was a pregnant woman, that they wouldn't offer anything. So they charged my hypothetical client with resisting arrest as well as dip. And we ended up having to go to a jury trial because you know, they weren't offering anything. And I, I won the resisting down below, hypothetically, in the general district court. <laughs> and then he was convicted of drunken public which I said, well fine, we're going to go to trial and there were 19 witnesses or I'm sorry, nine witnesses down in the general district court. So when I went upstairs, I asked for a two-day jury trial on a drunken public. And hypothetical judge said, isn't you know, he was very upset that this was going to be a two-day trial on a drunken public and he looked at everyone and said, why isn't this going away with some sort of a agreement to community service or something? Why are we wasting these resources? And I said, well, hypothetical The Commonwealth can just dismiss this case now with a null process. And since they're not willing to do so, I think you'll understand why. We went to trial and sure enough, the jury came back and I think less than 15 minutes and said, not guilty. And and that was it. It's ridiculous because, and that's where you do the, you know, as an attorney, you do a lot of, you know, the law, but when you have a specific case, you end up doing, you know, you refresh your recollection and you read all the case law and you make sure that you're up to date on that specific case to make sure you're not missing any points. And that's when you really realize that there's case law out there that's really bad at defining what public is. And it's really broad, like Tony said, but I feel like I've been rambling for the last 20 minutes. So I, I don't want to continue on with this as I see Anne shaking her head. but
2: uh... well, Let's just talk about some of the issues. with tipo. So one thing that I think people have a mis conception of is that if a cop thinks that you're intoxicated from alcohol or something that they have to give you a breath test. And what do you guys think about that?
1: They don't. They just have to see your demeanor, you know, and different, you know, odor. And it's just a totality of the circumstances. Not Cops don't have to walk around with a PBT. I just jumped in there because I needed Alberto to not ramble on for another 30 minutes.
3: And speaking of the (laughs) PBT, however... The results of the PBT do not automatically come in like they do with the DWI if you're challenging probable cause. The government needs to establish the reliability of the device that they're using to measure your breath alcohol, the PBT device, and there are no shortcuts to get that evidence in. So even if they do take a PBT, they're going to be hard pressed to get that information into evidence.
1: But that doesn't mean they can't use it for probable cause to arrest you. (laughs) Correct. And that also leads to really what the point I think this episode really is, is that When you're out with your friends, as Anne started off, is that if you overindulge, there's a lot of ways that you can end up becoming a resident, even just overnight, of the Fairfax County Adult Detention Center. You can.
2: Sorry, there's like, I don't know what, there's like yelling and screaming outside and banging, and I have no idea. I want to like, I don't know what's going on.
3: (laughs) Maybe it's some drunken Publix.
2: (laughs) I think somebody must be moving something. Mm -hmm. I don't know.
1: That's not I heard, good.
2: I heard kids like yelling, running around screaming. And then I just, anyways, go ahead.
1: <laughs> so anyway, I can imagine a scenario, maybe a bit at a scenario where there's a huge crowd at a bar and the bathrooms are full. And so someone's like, I got to pee. I'm pretty drunk. They go out the back door of the bar, they go into out to an alley, peeing next to a dumpster and they're in public. And well, who should come around? is police officers. You know, police officers are around bars for a lot of reasons. They're around bars because they're looking for underage drinkers, but they're also looking for drunk drivers and people who've overindulged. But now in Virginia, there's a host of other problems that come up when you're peeing in public because there isn't a statute. There's not a state statute called peeing in public. There are different state statutes that are used when you're charged. So I know that like if you're peeing on the side of the road, troopers can charge you, they could charge you with littering. But they often charge you with indecent exposure, especially if you're a, a man. Anything else people have seen that people have been charged with when they're drunkenly peeing outside in a public area? I but fell I,
0: asleep during that explanation. Sorry.
1: Oh, I know. It was hard. It's hard. <laughs> well, I know that you were at the bar earlier, right? And then you fell asleep in the alley it. and you were yeah. escorted back home.
0: Well, okay. So... Another instance, and I'm not going to talk about uh, urinating in public, because I don't have any experience in that. But uh,
2: You're a boy, and that's a lie. There I know. No boy that is a lie. Every out. boy is.
0: <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but nobody can see. Liar.
2: <laughs> don't believe you. have four no. brothers. There is no way you've never done that.
1: Oh, <laughs> I know. I'm God. sorry. It's like. <laughs> but
0: anyway, if somebody goes to their car to sleep it off from the bar, and they're in their car and the kids, they're in the back seat. I mean, technically, there they're they're drunk in public. And you, only well, you if have you a have key.
2: a mechanical part of the car turned on. If you're just in the no, back no. seat, nothing's on.
0: Well, yeah, you're not drinking and driving, but you're drunk in public because if an officer, oh,
2: you meant the has, dr- I thought you were going to a DUI thing. Oh no, no, no. Uh,
0: yeah, because if an officer comes up to the car, but what if
2: your car is your house?
0: Then, you know, you're drunk in your house. I mean, it's visible, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. Well-
2: for our listeners, that is not really a charge. <laughs> <have> <laughs> well- Do we talk about what it means to be intoxicated, that it could be alcohol or drugs, and it's when you've consumed enough that it's impacting your speech, your mannerisms? Like yes, your general is. appearance, like how you're acting, like all of those. Things. That's
0: Virginia Code 4.100. Nerd.
1: Dash 100. <laughs> yeah, 4.1-100. Yes. What did sure. I say? I said nerd. He said yeah. he said you said 4.1100. You should put the dash in there and tell anyone to make sure people knew it was a dash. Uh, they used a Google machine.
0: Sorry, I'm, I'm not an exact kind of person, but. The statute says that to be intoxicated in Virginia, a person must have consumed enough alcohol to observably affect his manner, disposition, speech, muscular movement, general appearance, or behavior. Now, I'm really getting tired of the statute saying his instead of her. I've seen lots of drugs.
1: Well, I think there's like what 20 men's prisons in Virginia and two women's prisons, so maybe they just were like more than likely it's a dude. Yeah,
0: you're you're right. I guess he's more (laughs) back in the day. But talk about a double standard. I mean base in fact it irritates me I think it's wrong.
2: I mean the bottom line is you can get a junk in public very easily you can be driving in a car with somebody else who gets stopped for something and you're in the passenger seat and the cops get everybody out and you're yelling at the cop or trying to figure out what they're doing with your friend or your family member whoever it was that was driving or that they're searching or whatever's going on and some cops will just arrest you right away if they yeah. feel like you're under the influence and some are going to say, hey, get away like get call a ride, call an Uber, Get out of here. Like, and then people don't listen. It ends up rising to the point that police don't have anything else that they can do but get you to safety and they charge you with the drunken public. Well,
0: let's talk about low-hanging fruit. I mean, tailgating, all these parties, all these sports that are gonna be coming around in the fall, football games, I don't care what sporting event it is, you have pre-gaming, hockey. hockey, you have baseball games, playoffs, baseball play. You have people
1: getting well, into not the for this ops.
2: area because in national well,
1: park. listen in <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh. It wasn't that Pittsburgh. long ago that they were. I'm, to the I'm World a Braves fan.
2: Get my sports team great.
1: <laughs> well,
0: in this, you said in this area. So and we are
2: the reigning World Pittsburgh. Series champions. So do you not mess? You can't say anything about my boys right now.
0: <laughs> I, I can say they were better with uh Freddie Freeman on their team.
2: Not really, they're kicking butt right
0: now. <laughs> they would have been better with Freddie Freeman on their team. <laughs> I like Freeman. Anyhow, the point is, you know, it's if the police wanted to, they could probably get a thousand arrests at a big party school you just by going through the tailgating. I have a feeling they don't because there's a lot of money that those uh standing
1: bring to the community. I will say this. There's a lot of drunken publics in college towns. It's the battle of so the two of you on who upset. can be
2: like the quietest and who can talk the longest. I don't know. This is like the Anna <laughs> Alberto battle.
0: I know. Oh Tony, you're you're still here. <laughs> 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 I don't think Tony's ever been in public outside of court. So he doesn't have That's to. That's not about true. That I've
2: way. seen Tony at a bar before. I don't know if he was drinking. What? I know we were drinking.
0: <laughs> so even though we're talking about a class four misdemeanor, it's still a misdemeanor. You know, it may not get reported on certain things, but you are being booked. And stop me if I'm wrong, which I know Anna will. When you're booked, you're gonna have fingerprints taken no matter what.
3: And a photograph.
0: And a photograph.
2: And they keep you until you're sober, unless, as Alberto pointed out when we were starting to talk about this episode before we got going live, that the cops have the option to take you to, like, a detox center. And I don't know... I don't know if it happens in other areas of Virginia, but I don't know of anyone here where they do that in lieu of like the jail and charging you.
3: Although I have talked to some officers who have tried to take people back to their homes. And unfortunately, sometimes the person is so intoxicated, they can't remember where they live. And that's when they end up going to the jail. So I think a lot of the officers want to just help the person just get out of danger. And sometimes the last resort is to take them to the jail.
2: Are we missing anything else about... Drunken
3: public. Just that. Well, what Maybe what should you do if you get charged with a drunken public? Yeah, there we go. Depending on the
0: jurisdiction, drunken publics are handled differently. Some, you can do a lot with a whole bunch of community service hours before going to trial and even some evaluation that some jurisdictions require, like some sort of an alcohol assessment when you have an issue or a problem or something that you should be looking out for. And also it depends on the kind of behavior you're exhibiting when the police officers stop you. The ones that where, where someone's walking to their car, I think most judges would even say, I mean, that's not the most egregious. You don't know if they were going to drive away. They're just walking from a bar to even the Metro or walking from the bar to a cab. Uh, you see those guys getting stopped all the time here I am. I said, guys, you see those people are getting stopped all the time. And generally speaking, if the behavior is vanilla, there's a lot more you can do. You have to do a lot of pre-gaming <laughs> to prepare yourself for court. And pre-gaming is like, you know, community service hours, something like that.
2: Well, it also depends on what your charges are because the more that you're a jerk or the more you're causing a scene at the bar, out in the road, endangering other people or cursing at the officer, or other people around you, whatever's fighting with people, like physical fight, like whatever you're doing, those charges start to add up because it can be just a dip and then it can go to disorderly or to assault or maybe even an assault on an officer. Like it just kind of escalates from there. So it's always hard. It, you know, we can tell you very easily to say, hey, behave when you're drinking. It's easily to say that now, but then when she's been drinking, you're not. It's not going through her head. Oh, they told me I better be nice to this officer, but it's just something to have that you should always do because. Anytime you're worse, one of the first things prosecutors or judges ask police in these kinds of cases is how were they? Like, is there anything else I need to know or that was aggravating about it? And when they throw out some of those other factors, something that looked really easy may not be for you.
3: Right. And unfortunately, alcohol does impair people's judgment. So it makes it a lot easier to pick up those additional charges. Mm-hmm.
2: And then I think one of the other things I would say is like, if you are in college and things and like, we're right here by George Mason, right? And those kids get in trouble and then it goes to their review boards like what is it they're not the academic but the disciplinary yeah the disciplinary board. boards where depending on what your charges are you can it's the same as if you had cheated or did something else academic wise anything that they want you to be a moral character of what right, at a lot of the schools and so if you get into trouble and it's on campus those things are going to impact your schooling too same as if you came to a job drunk or you know i mean you gotta take in all those circumstances into consideration in terms of not just dealing with the court, but you may have other things you gotta deal with. Good
0: point. And I'd like to point out too, Tony brought up you get a photograph when you're booked. On a dip, I don't think I've ever seen a flattering photo.
2: No, some people pose.
0: <laughs> I mean, usually usually their hair is all messed up, their you know, eyes are glassy.
3: a little bit disheveled
0: somehow they're always allegedly
2: allegedly
0: allegedly somehow they always look smiling which makes them look even more like intoxicated I don't know I'm just saying
2: (laughs) well like we said we did this episode today because there's a lot of sporting events going on happy hours are back in full swing kids are back in school and parents need breaks (laughs) from their children I mean there's all kinds of stuff going on you've got holidays coming up with you know Labor Day and then Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas—like we're getting into that season where there's just a lot of stuff that's going to happen, and you just have to understand. Just be smart, have a plan, and just—if you're really that bad off—hopefully you got a friend with you that's getting you home and get you out of there before anything happens, right?
0: And you got to run to your car because
2: as a passenger.
0: As a passenger. <laughs> as a pas- well, but the, the point Correct. is, you got to be real careful. You just got to make sure you don't make a a scene outside because police officers may get you on your way to your friend's car as a passenger. So, just be careful with your behavior. Don't get to the point where you can't control what you're doing, where your friends are carrying around.
3: They get nailed. If you get kicked out of your Uber and you're standing on the side of the road, you're then drunk in public. That's- Look,
2: and we're not trying to preach. I know every single one of us has been intoxicated and oh, probably God. should have went home way sooner. Allegedly, all of us should have gotten home way sooner than when you probably did. Like, I don't think any of us can say you've never been out and drank too much or whatever, but you got to know when enough is enough. And just know that if you push the envelope, you got to be ready for the consequences. I always
1: have a wingman. That's all we I got to say. Him.
2: Anybody else got anything? Don't be a dip. Don't be a dip.
3: Don't Don't be be a dip. Don't be a dip. Don't be a dip. Don't be a dip. Thanks for joining us on Crime Time. Please join us again for our next episode.
2: If you enjoy our podcast, Crime Time with Virginia Defense Attorneys. Be sure to share our podcast with someone that you know. You can find our podcast on most of the major platforms like Spotify, Google, and Apple, as well as some of the smaller podcast platforms. We also post on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So you can find our episodes there every week on Tuesday at 9 a.m. If you want to leave us a review or a comment and tell us what topics you'd like to hear about, we always welcome feedback and we're always looking for new ideas and guests to bring onto our show. We hope you keep listening keep listening. And thanks for being a supporter of our podcast.